0: Welcome back to another podcast. This is Travis, I'm sitting in for Roman and Michael. On today's podcast, I'll be talking to two more driver trainers, and hopefully we'll share some good information about why you should be a driver trainer, if you're not already. So, let's get into that conversation.
1: Marcus, what'd you do before trucking? Uh, before trucking, I was a supervisor at a metal stamping place, making car parts. Uh, I was over production associates, packing parts in bins and uh, people running welders, welding car parts together. Uh, before that, I was, uh, I guess you call it a cook,
0: cooking fish every day. I worked in the restaurant industry uh, before uh, getting into what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm all acquainted with that (laughs) industry. Yeah. Steve, how about you?
2: Uh, I got out of the the Army in 95, and I went to work at a mobile home manufacturer, and they closed. And then I went to work at Lee Jeans, and they closed. And then Arrow Shirt Factory, and they closed. And I decided I needed a, a... a steady income with a newborn baby. And so uh, I went and got my CDL. That was in uh, late 98.
0: Steve, how'd you find rail, and why'd you choose to come work?
2: Uh, Actually, all the way back into the 90s, early 2000s, I would see the rail drivers going up and down I-85 outside of Atlanta. Um, We didn't have the Conley Terminal then, I forget the name of the town, but it was north of Atlanta. And I'd see the trucks and I thought, wow, they got, they have a uh, nice equipment. And uh, you never see one looking rough. And uh, so nearly 20 years later, uh, kicking myself because it took me that long to finally call call rail up. And uh, that was October of 2019. And by, uh, the last week of October, I was sitting here at Marshfield, GYCDL. I actually, uh, instead of taking a refresher course, because I had actually surrendered my license early in, uh, when was it, 2015, uh, I came up here and I thought with well, the technologies that are in the trucks now, versus what I was accustomed to, might as well start from scratch. And uh, the the gang here, they uh, they treated me very well and taught me a whole lot. You can teach an old dog new tricks, but
1: mm-hmm. I'm, I'm proof of that.
0: Marcus, how about you? Uh, honestly,
1: I just Googled. I typed in, I got home one day, said I was tired of working these outrageous hours, paycheck to paycheck, I got on Google. I went to the safest company because I started researching accidents, and rail actually jumped out to me the most as far as getting paid and learning the Safeway, uh, I put an application in one week. Not even a full week later, they called me. <laughs> Had me uh, set up ready to go, go to Gary.
0: Nice, Steve. How'd you get into driver training?
2: That's uh, sometimes I get a little emotional about that. Uh, I spent uh, right at 20 years driving, making a lot of mistakes. And, uh, I remember one day in a truck stop, there was a driver backing in with, uh, a tight, tight spot. And all the other drivers on the CBs yelling at him, hurry up, get out of the way. Let's go. Let's go. And they would make fun of him. And, uh, the typical truck, truck company jokes. And, uh, I thought, why, this guy's brand new, you can see it. Why don't someone help him out? And then it hit me, why don't you help him out, bonehead? And I got out, and it it hit me from right then that uh, with nearly 20 years of mistakes under my belt, if I can train someone to not make those same mistakes, it could be easier on them. And uh, they might be a success much faster than I was. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of a joy to being a trainer. Uh, when, you, when the student gets that uh, aha moment, things aren't clicking the first few days, first couple of weeks, and then suddenly <laughs> everything comes together for them, and it just lights them up. Uh, that's what got me into training was wanting to see that, wanting to uh, mentor somebody. Uh, from childhood, I, I told everyone I wanted to be a teacher. Uh, I, of course, that didn't work out. I never college wasn't my my well, game. You are a teacher, and uh, so that's what mm-hmm. my daughter was telling me. Who is a teacher now? She said, "Dad, you are a teacher. You, mm-hmm. You're you're molding and shaping and and uh, changing lives." So there you go. So I just hope that maybe ten years down the road somebody says the reason I've made it is because he took time to show me the way so
0: Marcus
1: Uh, I would say mine started back at my first job I've been there not even six months Uh, I was always the go-to guy to help show the new guy something or learn something new uh, that followed me all the way up to the supervisor position, and as I left there, uh, getting ready to come to rail, I had to train my replacement, and I just, I still hear from this day that he's doing good, and he's glad he showed me everything, and I got out on the road with Steve, and I seen the fun he was having training me, Uh, the excitement knowing that I was learning something from him the way he does his things. And it made me think, once I got out on my own, Steve had fun doing what he was doing training me. I should do the same, you know, get out here, help train people. Uh, like he said, it's just, it's nice seeing that aha moment on another student's face when you taught them whatever they improved on.
0: Is it also nice having someone to talk to in the truck and uh, yeah. experience things with? Yes.
2: Uh, I was telling my my fleet manager, Jess, uh, I, we get a lot of opportunities in downtime to be in, in different places and uh, you know, I grew up military, I, I saw the world. And then when I became a truck driver, I started seeing our own home, our, our own country. And I get these students that, uh, like, like Marcus, he they had never been out of Alabama. Uh, one of the first places we stopped and got out and, and walked and, and checked out the town was uh, Heartland, Wisconsin. And it was miserable hot. And then it started raining and then it got cold. But he got to see something that otherwise he wouldn't get to see. Uh, just a few weeks ago, I, went, I had something come up at home and a student went with me uh, who had never been out of uh, uh, Nevada. And he was in, I, I live on a place called Sand Mountain, Alabama in a little town called Nixon Chapel. And just down below is a place called Nakalula Falls. And not only was he impressed because he had never seen trees like he had, <laughs> like we had there, uh, but the waterfalls, uh, getting the student out and uh, experiencing something that they've never experienced before, that's a lot of fun. It, it really, uh, to me, it makes all the, the training worth it. Uh, the pay is just icing on the cake. But, like I said, when they hit that aha moment and then when they, when they get to see something that they've never seen before, that's just it, – it, it's uh, – what's the word? I, I guess fulfilling would be the word I'd look for.
0: Marcus, how about you when you're out with a trainee and you're experiencing new things together, you know, with with a teammate? And uh, how is that? Uh,
1: It's different. Um, just because I'm the trainer don't mean – I teach everything. Uh, My last student actually pointed it out to me and I never noticed, but there's a arrow on the FedEx sign hidden in the sign. Never know that, never paid it no attention. Um, I also learned different things about different states that they know that I didn't know. Uh, I mean, both me and the student are learning as we're teaching, Uh, just going up and down the road.
0: yeah, that uh, there's some. I was with a couple other driver trainers uh, a few days ago doing the same thing, and the talk of the synergy that happens when two people just start communicating about a certain topic. You know, mm. That you know, like things yeah. that will come up that you would never think you would never have brought up otherwise, other than you know, like that, mm-hmm. that conversation that bouncing back and forth. That mm-hmm. yeah, talk talk a little bit about. The synergy that happens between you and the trainee, Marcus.
1: Uh, that me and Steve had an amazing, amazing energy in the truck. We talk about anything and everything. That was that was the moment of my day. You know, we get to ride in those long miles, random cars, learning things. Uh, it was just nice having someone sit there to talk while you ride. And I've, I'll pass that on to my students, you know. I get a student in the truck, they, uh, they'll they sit over there because it's, it's two strangers, you've never met this person before. But you, you open up to them and figure figure them out, get conversations going, next thing you know you'll be best buddies by the end of the first day. You just gotta communicate, get that right energy going, and it it just
0: does numbers. Steve, how do you start the interaction with the trainee? How do you set the rules for your truck, and how do you how do you get it get the phase moving?
2: Usually, uh, usually seven to ten days prior to me picking up a student, uh, I get their information from Sam. She'll send it uh, his uh, phone number, uh, and then I'll i usually reach out with a text to begin with, and. Uh, at, you know at your earliest convenience my name's Steve Walker I'll be your trainer contact me and uh, they usually call right away um,
0: well they're probably they're probably uh, ready to get out and get moving yes. right getting paid mm-hmm. oh yeah
2: they're. I haven't met one that has has acted like just wait a minute or can I have another day uh, they're ready to get going and uh, try something new but I uh, Usually that first phone call, I'll go over as much as I possibly can. Are, are you married? Do you have children? Uh, one of my rules is every day, if you're married and have children, every day you're going to call. You do call home. Uh, you, you don't want to uh, miss out on, on those things. And uh, sometimes a, a phone call is all it takes to really lift up the student, make them feel better. Uh, and we have
0: Skype now, FaceTime. Skype,
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not one that's uh, very tech savvy, so that's another thing is uh, most of my trainees that I've had, they are. I, I'm I'm the old flip phone guy. I, I do have a smartphone, but that's only because my child bought it for me and told me I had to have it.
0: You got the MyRail app on there? Yes. You like that?
2: Yeah, I, I really enjoy the MyRail app. I'm actually spoiled to it. I'm spoiled to the MyRail app, the uh, Catscale app that we have. Uh, now a lot of the trainees they like the trucker path Uh, I I hadn't done a lot with that but uh, it's real easy to navigate Uh, a lot of information there Uh, honestly in my opinion if you're having an issue I I usually tell my students if you come up on a load and you don't know you're looking at it you're scratching your head call me I'll walk you through it Uh, But if you can't get a hold of me all the information is there in the uh, uh, driver aids. It'll it'll tell you how to secure a load, how to tarp it.
0: In the MyRail app? Yes.
2: Uh, So there's really... He's going back to safety, like he was saying. Uh, Everything in the app, from what I've seen, is built and centered around safety. Uh, Securement and how to safely secure it. Uh, Then there's all the videos that... uh, that you can go through with uh, Rail University, or as we call it, Rail U. Uh, It's
0: all that stuff that make you be able to do your job effectively, right, the best way.
2: In my opinion, there's no reason that you cannot be a success at Rail Transport. Because Mr. Rick Rail, uh, all the way down to our fleet managers, uh, I I argue with people, I have the best fleet manager at (sighs) Rail. Uh, all the way down to the fuel island and the people in the shop the support for the drivers it's there and there, there's no reason for you to fail or fall on your face as we say at home uh, everything you need I believe is the years that this company has been founded all the information accumulated into that app it, uh, it's its one. Of, I love it that's just my opinion though uh if you're out
0: there and you, you've got it, use it, it'll be, your, it'll be a friend to you. Marcus, how about uh, you as far as getting that trainee prepared to come in your truck and then when you meet them and you set the rules of the truck and I, I'm guessing you set expectations for them and then uh, ask them the expectations of you, that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, I pretty much got my habits from Steve. Uh,
1: I call them, or I'll text them, have them call me before they uh, jump in the truck with me. Uh, let them know what all they need and what they expect. Then once the day of they get in the truck with me, I pretty much, I'll start the day off driving, uh, kind of build that bond with them, go over the rules, the expectations. I try not to uh, be too stern about it after the rules and going over rules and everything, I'd set expectations, you know, uh, as far as looking over job aids before we get to a customer or a shipper, uh, ship advisor, found in the rail app, uh, pretty much anything that uh, rail app has, I had them looking through and learning on the
0: first day so uh, getting acquainted with where everything's at that they'll need. I
1: I do a lot of explaining what the truck does and how it works. Uh, Everything as small as to what bunk they're gonna be sleeping in and how the controls in the bunk work, uh, making sure they're comfortable.
2: You you tell them that you need to bring your own food, you need to bring your own drink, Uh, make sure you've got your own laundry detergent. Another thing and some are going to disagree with me. Uh, just an example, I picked up Marcus. He had just uh, – the place had pretty much closed down where he worked at. They were still running some small – short hours. Uh, I met his wife and child. And if he's not spending all that money in a truck stop, because you can drop $100 a day in food and and just piddling around um, – then the wife and child's not getting any any of that income. So I try to teach them things like uh, how to live out of the truck by cooking. I've got about everything you can think of in my truck. <laughs> uh, I have crock pot. Uh, I have an electric wok, air fryer, refrigerator. And I'm not dropping $100 a day in, in Subway and Wendy's and McDonald's. Uh, I'll go to Walmart or Aldi or something like that. Uh, once a week.
0: Well you're probably eating much better too, probably yeah. better quality yes. food. You know. Oh yeah,
2: and uh, I try to pass that on, you're supporting your family at home and you're supporting a home that's rolling down the highway. So that's when I started building up the, that stuff to cook and picking up food to cook. And uh, then I try to pass that on to the students, uh, again, you're supporting your family uh, and if as a trainer. If you can pass that on, it's not just teaching somebody how to secure a load or tarp; it's how to live out here. And uh, that, that's to me, that's just a. I think it's a huge responsibility to pass on to somebody else. Maybe teach them, because some just don't know. They, they wouldn't. They have never experienced this life. So, but it's it's rewarding. Uh, I wouldn't take it for anything else. I wouldn't trade it for anything else. Let's just say
0: and you're able to cook everything you could cook at home in your truck right with all the stuff the utilities you have except for fish (laughs) because the smell or what oh yeah (laughs) well you go outside get a grill going uh
2: fish and collard greens Uh, Mm -hmm. again everything's bad experiences if you pass on don't cook those things in your truck because it doesn't leave for days
0: (laughs) unless you like fish i love fish well i mean if you like that smell then No, then, no, no 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 i love fish
2: uh and I have got an extension cord that I can plug into my inverter
0: and cook fish outside on the trailer, <laughs> but don't cook it inside. Finding time to cook, talk a little bit about that. You're, you're the you're the you're, you're the, the mor- Yeah, uh, he's he's got, he trained you, so I'm gonna go to him. Yeah. The,
2: <laughs> my favorite thing is a crock pot. You uh, you can get up at like last night. I made a uh, uh, beef tips with onion and pepper. Yummy. And uh, I had I had pulled it out. To thaw and uh, when I got up the next morning it was ready to go and then I put it in the crock-pot and let it cook for you know four or five hours
0: well you just cook while you're driving yes yeah, you just secure it good right and yes yeah
2: it, uh, it's not going anywhere uh, you, you find ways of securing things to where they're not going to dump over and uh, you mars- drive the railway so yes. y- you're not like stopping yeah. and, and slamming uh, on the brakes <laughs> <that's it. laughs> Uh, with the crock pot, though, it's sitting in the floor, and the great thing about the crock pot is you put it in, you turn it on, you forget it. and uh, I don't it's really hard to overcook anything in the crock pot. Mm. So you can put it in when you start your day, and then by the time you take your thirty minute break or your lunch, you've got a little bit to eat. and then by the time you stop by the, at the end of the night, the rest of it's there, so you've got food for the whole day. Uh I actually have two crock pots. I have a four quart and a one quart. And when I'm by myself I use the one quart. And when I have a student I use the four quart. And a lot of times we eat for two days off of one one crock pot,
1: but His first meal he cooked me. Uh it was a uh, ri- ri- ribeye? Yeah it was ribeye and how bunch of vegetables.
2: It was in the crock pot.
1: Yeah. And then we parked up. This was when he took me out on a walk in uh, Heartland, Wisconsin. Food had been cooking all day. We went for a walk, got back. We mm-hmm. had, uh, I think it was boneless ribs. Mm-hmm. Probably smelled good, huh? Oh, it was amazing. You popped the door on it, and you could just smell it coming <laughs> out of the truck. But we had uh, boneless ribs, uh, corn on the cob, and there was something else. But all there eat- was
2: potatoes. There were potatoes, potatoes in there. Yes, and, uh, and some bread.
0: Definitely got to get creative, huh? Yes. But it pays off in the long run. How about locations? Spots that you guys have been either alone or with a trainee or, you know, if you've been somewhere with Steve, some spots you guys like uh, out there on the road to stop at and enjoy and soak in, Steve, start.
2: I have found that uh, Wisconsin it's like Again, it's like a second home. Uh, the further north you go, the more beautiful it is. Uh Eau Claire, the big rock formations, it looks like when when the world was being created, there's a whole bunch of rocks, and they needed them all piled in one place. And then they forgot that they were piled there. they just shoot up out of the ground. It, to me, it's fascinating. Uh, and I can't remember all the town names, but you, you run I-39 until I-39 ends. And then you've got all the river and resort towns up there. Uh, we have a few customers where we pick up structural steel. I've been known to uh, pull in, uh, spend the night after I get my load secured, and just like sit on the trailer and enjoy it, the different sounds. Uh there's, there's several places throughout the country. I love uh, Bend, Oregon, you, where you can drive through a tree. It, it, never in my life did I ever imagined doing something like that. You drive the
0: semi through a tree?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I believe there's red ferns. The, these trees, they yeah. cut tunnels out yeah. and people drive they're through huge. them. There's a Georgia Pacific up there, and that's the reason I got to uh, experience that. that I, I thought, I, I can't believe I'm driving through a tree. I'm not, and, I want to do that now. And not calling the ambulance or anything. <laughs> it's it's amazing. <laughs> um, right across the uh, state line in Superior was uh, one time I was crossing the bridge, and I looked down. There had to be 50 bald eagles down on the creek bank. I, there's also places that you find after you've been out for a little while. Uh, there's a fuel stop I know of that I hit pretty uh, I, I visit frequently. It's it's not a... They don't have diesel pumps, but they have about 40 acres of dirt behind there, and it's quiet. There's no lights. And if I've had enough of I-65, I know that that place is going to have parking. And then when you wake up in the morning, you go in and, uh, you know, you buy you a cup of coffee or a, a drink or something, basically to tell, the, tell them, thank you for letting me use your property. Uh... It's just quiet, so... What's
0: the name of that place? Do you
2: know um, the name? You, uh, Union Town, Indiana. It's a marathon. It's just It's in the middle of nothing. Uh, you, most people, when they do find this place, they, uh, they don't know it's there, and they're maybe pulling over to do a safety check or, or something, and then you top the ramp, and there's trucks parked there. I didn't know that, and so they end up staying Uh it's kind of, kind of hidden behind some trees, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you, you can't see it until you're at the top of the ramp. Uh, but it's real quiet. I love going there. Uh, another one of my favorite towns is uh, Iron Mountain, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan. Uh, that town reminds me of childhood. And anytime you go through Iron Mountain, the men that work in the maintenance shop, they're usually really the only people you see. So anytime I'm passing anywhere near Iron Mountain, I'm going to stop, whether I need to or or not. I'm going to stop and and, uh, and see the guys. We have two RGN drivers that live up there and uh, they're notorious for popping out a barbecue grill and inviting, if you have a student, you know, bring your student, come on up and and we're going to grill before we leave out with our loads. Just, over the years, you you find things that uh, are places that either are just beautiful to you or they're relaxing and, uh, they stick. You don't forget where they're at. Or the people. Yes. Yes.
0: How about you, Marcus?
1: Uh I'm the same with Steve. It's it's go be up north. I'm from the South. I know the South. Anything past Illinois for me is just beautiful. Uh Waukegan, Illinois. We have a National gypsum right on the water. i have been there middle of summer and winter and I can't tell which one is more beautiful. You know, you got snow on the ground in the winter. Uh, Summertime, you got sunset setting on the water with birds flying all around, seagulls. I mean, it's just amazing to look at that. And uh, coming back up north, uh, Wisconsin, some of the the rock formations and uh, I don't want to say mountains because y'all don't really have that many. Hills. Hills. Yeah, we'll say hills. Rocky hills. Rocky hills. The way those trees set on them and the rocks, the way they're they've been shifted just looks so so amazing. Uh even even here at Marshfield, behind the maintenance shop, you park out there, the sun starts going down, it's the whole sky just turns a completely different color. Yeah. Uh Launce, Michigan, we have a customer shipper up there, we pick up, it's right on the water. Uh, you get a mixture of both, you got hills on one side and then you turn behind you and you got nothing but water and coastline. I, I think that one would be my most favorite. Marcus, what do you like to do
0: during your home time?
1: Home time is, uh, that's the honey-do list time. Uh wife would give me a chore list, but I love that tour list, cutting the grass, fixing this, fixing that, just staying moving. Uh, my daughter, she's seven now. She's uh, normally right on my heels, no matter what I'm doing. So, How about
0: you, home time? What do you like to do in your home time?
2: Uh, the past, uh, I guess the past year, maybe two years, uh, our youngest daughter is homeschooled. And now she's doing uh, Alabama history. And... You know, growing up military, I saw the world, but not the U.S., and then become a truck driver and see the U.S. And when I go home, she catches up on Alabama history, and we find a point of interest in Alabama, and we just – we basically fill the car up with gas, and we drive it until it, does, it needs gas again, and then we see what's in that area, and then we fill the car back up and go home. Mm. And uh, uh, I've learned a lot about my own home state that I never – Never knew. You like to drive. Uh, Not really. (laughs) (laughs) But there's been times where uh, I come in in the truck. I set the brakes, do my post trip, log off for my 34-hour, and uh, my wife's pulling up in the car, and then she'll run around to the passenger side and let me have it because she hates driving. (laughs) Uh, And uh, we have a lot of fun because I have four daughters, And all four of them are into things like the Broadway. They love musicals and things. So we load the car up, and uh, I had to buy me a a pickup truck, four-door, so that I could fit my daughters and my grandchildren. 100% family time, we're not allowed to have our phones on. Uh, When we go into the restaurants, your phone stays in the vehicle. And uh, just spend time, really enjoy the family time. We're gonna start Georgia. Next school year, go over there and see what Georgia's got or Mississippi.
0: Now, you guys, to do all that stuff, it's nice to have a good-paying job, right? Yes. Yes. Marcus, at Rail, are you able to make a good income and, and take care of things financially? Yes. Uh,
1: here at Rail, I've made the most I've ever made, and I'm able to do— well, first I'm able to pay all my bills, and then I'm able to put more back in the savings. And then after that, I still have money to go and do things with the family.
2: Uh, before I hired on with Rail, it was, uh, it seemed like every other week, I'm getting notifications from the bank. You, you've overdrafted again. And uh, it's a pretty bad feeling to wake up, even on payday, and think after I pay the light bill, am I going to be able to feed my kids? Uh, from the time I started at rail, you know, the first uh, month and a half, it was it was catching up. Uh, about six months later, I got the thrill of uh, paying off my car. It's exciting to, my wife call while I'm out and say, hey, we want to go see the Tuskegee, Tuskegee Airmen uh, Museum in uh, uh, Tuskegee, Alabama. I've been wanting to see that since I was old enough to say the word. Uh, and they're coming to Birmingham. It, it's a thrill to be able to uh, budget and then after a short period of time, uh, you're not getting notifications from the bank anymore. Your, your account's always positive. And uh, when I get home, I'm not completely fatigued and I don't spend the first 12 hours of my home time in the recliner asleep. I can get out and go right to family. Uh, And so having that peace of mind and the financial peace of mind, it's all worth it.
0: What is it about rail that allows you to not be drained?
2: Well, like I was saying earlier, uh, just for example the the rail my rail app. every all the keys to your success are laid out in that app. The communication between you and your fleet manager, uh, I've never called and been told I'll call you back and then never get a call back. Uh, you call in and he or she is on another line or talking to another person. Uh, you can press option two. And uh, schedule a callback, and it's usually just a couple minutes, and they're, they're calling you. Everything seems to be so much easier because as the driver, you're not having to do 100%. They just make it so much easier. And if your fleet manager doesn't have an answer for something, they'll find something. I, one thing I've noticed about rail is you'll never hear a fleet manager say, I don't know, and leave it at that. They'll say, I don't know, but I'll find out. And it's usually fairly quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because of that, the stress level is just nowhere near. Uh, before I hired on at rail, I was the guy running left lane through Chicago, screaming at people on my CB, get out of my way. I've got places to go. And uh, the rail safe seven has turned me into a, a different driver. I don't do that anymore. Can I drop names? Sure. Russell Parker. Russ is a GYCDL instructor here at Marshfield. And uh, he brought things out of me that I didn't realize I had in me. And uh, he helped to take out those bad habits and replace them with good habits. I was brought up on the uh, – a lot of people are familiar with the Smith system. And, uh,
0: Which is defensive driving.
2: Yeah, and it, it seemed like it was going to be – at first it was kind of hard to let go of that. But uh, – each one of our instructors at any of the gycdls, they all have this different way of bringing it to you, the information of the rail safe seven, and uh, it wasn't really hard to to catch on. It it took bless his heart, it took him about uh, two weeks out of the four weeks to break me from some of those things that I did, <laughs> but he did it, and uh, I got to give kudos to. Uh, Uh, Russ and, uh, I think the world of, uh, Roman and, uh, Justin Clute, uh, just, they, they, uh, I think they are called to do their jobs. It's a calling for these guys and they know how to instill it in people and they know how to bring the good out and get the bad out of the way. And, uh, so no, it wasn't really hard to acclimate, I guess, for lack of better words, uh,
0: I got to give the credit to those guys. How about you? How did uh, the protective driving, the way of protective driving, how did you adapt to that?
1: Uh, it took me uh, pretty much all of my GYCDL to the point where they wouldn't for sure if they would go past me until we were taking a practice. G, uh, practice CDL test. Took us out on uh, 80 right through uh, Indiana. And I seen seen someone almost wrecked and because I was just told, you know, to follow my safe seven and I ran through a couple of more of the safe sevens and no longer than it took him to finish what he was saying, I seen a truck beside me almost rear end a minivan full of kids. Uh my instructor, he's he's no longer here, but one looked over at me, he said, That exactly, that is exactly why we followed the safe seven. And it it hit me pretty hard then, you know, I I was learning to shift and I couldn't get my shifting right after that because I was so caught up on what could have happened. So uh that, that was a game changer right there for me. Uh, of course, I passed my CDL test, I go solo, I get my truck out of Connolly, Georgia, and everybody knows about the 285 in Atlanta. Uh, that That right there is where you learn how to drive, and I guarantee you I followed all those safe seven rules, and just following that took the stress out of, Rage, uh, road rage, uh,
0: being late, or getting somewhere on top. And if you get behind, uh, you find a safe place and you just let your fleet manager know, right? And they work with the customer. Oh, yeah. Communication. Communication takes a lot of the
1: stress away. My biggest fears was uh, once after becoming a trainer what kind of student would I get? Uh, what could happen? While the student's driving, and I'm training
0: if that makes sense uh so you're talking about are is that student gonna be a safe driver, and are you gonna be safe yes. riding along with that yes person yeah how would you overcome that uh bonding
1: with that person that that first day that that's what really changed that uh figuring out what kind of person they are when they first got in the truck, and then reacting off of that. Okay, this guy likes to joke, so we're gonna tell a few jokes
0: while he's going down the road to keep him relaxed. So you, being stressed, uh, being in like panic mode, being scared, all that kind of stuff, that's not good, right? Mm -mm. You wanna be relaxed, but at the same time aware Mm -hmm. and know what's happening, right? Right, yes. So, safe seven, relax and follow the safe seven right mm-hmm. yes and stay energized eat good yeah be healthy take walks yes talk to your family stay in good spirits yes all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so doing that with your trainee that help that helps yes Yes. It makes a
2: good <laughs> uh, I've never intentionally done this but it's happened every every just about every one of them uh, I've met their families, so I get to know their families What when I have the short time with them, and that's, a lot of them have met my family, and uh, my family, they've been supportive of me becoming a trainer, uh, and anytime time I have a student around them, they welcome them in, uh, but we get to know each other's, not just what kind of music we like, what kind of food we like, we, we learn our families. And uh, I believe that goes. A, that's a huge factor in, in it. Uh, I have fell in love with his daughter. <laughs> you know, she's she's a beautiful
1: little girl.
0: How, do you guys meet when you're meeting up at the truck? Usually, uh, yeah. Yeah. Fa- is that when families usually meet?
1: Yes. Yeah, okay. they're normally dropping me off, or I have had students, their family drop them off at the truck because a lot of them don't like to leave their cars. Yeah.
2: Uh, I'm old enough now that some of them that are coming through and getting their CDLs, uh, they're still having their parents bring them. And there's some parents that want to know who that trainer is and what's he like.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, so that first impression's big. big. Uh, who's my son or, or daughter? Who, who are they going out with? And what's this guy? Is he clean? Is he kept up?
0: Or um, So it's good for a trainer to – be sociable during yes. that moment when everybody's there. Oh, yeah. Uh,
2: let, them, let the family know, uh, I've got your husband, your son, your wife, your daughter, uh, and they're, they're going to be in good hands. And it's not just going to be me that's working with them. Uh, they have a support team behind them. And uh, we're going to make sure we're, we're going to do everything in our power to get your family member home safe. And... uh I, that's another perk to training is the friendships that I've garnered during the training process. Uh, I've actually called him over the past two years. Marcus. He, yes, Marcus. He's probably the best friend I've got. <laughs> and uh, I really enjoy it. Uh, I'll drop another name. is was uh, one of my f- former students. He's looking to come to uh, Foundations, uh, Steve Zander. Uh, everybody called him Xander Zander. Zander.
0: xander you got to do that become a trainer
2: super guy but i got to i got to interact with his wife and uh i know that she loves bowling uh she's joined a league with her son and grandchildren uh so, so she's doing that while he's out on the road and uh it it really really goes a long way to know not only your student but know something about their family and uh that, that has been a real big plus to me. Like I said, I've made great friends. I have I've fallen in love with his daughter. Uh, I got to meet another student's family not too long ago and uh, his family's a lot like mine where the kids are, you know, 20s to 10. <laughs> and uh, getting to know them and, and a lot of times you'll be on, a, your student will be on a phone call, they'll be in that passenger seat in their downtime and you're driving down the road and a lot of times they'll put their family on speakerphone, so that they can talk to the trainer, and they they make you a part of their life, and that's
1: wow. Gives you a feeling in your chest when yeah. they do that. That's you know a you Got their trust.
2: Uh, his daughter calls me Mister Steve, <laughs> and uh, that's a just a thrill, you know, when when you uh, you're, you're going down the road or you're on your downtime, and something like that happens and uh, not only is your student looking up to you to learn, but his family's looking
0: up to you. It's an extended family. Yeah,
2: yeah, and that's, to me, that's just awesome. I I can't get enough of it.
0: And what better way to do it, to make that happen, than become a trainer?
1: That's it. It's a win-win situation.
0: Now, there's probably some people out there that just cannot share their truck, though. So, I mean, it is, not for everyone. I, no, I would imagine. Well, that's what took me so long to jump in.
1: I said from the start, I said I can't share a truck. I'm always scared that I'm gonna get someone that doesn't like to shower, or mm-hmm. you know, yeah. all
2: those things run through your mind. What's this person gonna be like? Uh, I really hope he don't like opera, because I'm not gonna <laughs> listen to that going down the road. Uh, but is he going to appreciate this? Is he going to want to learn? Yes. You cannot force somebody to learn. And uh, to, uh, being a trainer, you have to be understanding. I'm not going to put patience in there because uh, mm-hmm. every one of them tests your patience at some point. But you you got to be compassionate, understanding. That That's, uh, I dare say, even forgiving. When one of them takes a turn too fast and uh, scares you to the point of a new faith, <laughs> uh, you want to say things, but you can't. You have to remember, I did that. That's why I'm here, is to try to teach them not to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that not everybody's got that that in them to, uh, to handle that very well. I've actually heard of uh, trainers doing things like... Uh, all right, I've had enough, and reach over and pull the air brakes. Going down the road, that's just as dangerous as, no, not here. (laughs) Not with rail, but I've heard of it. And uh, uh, that's just uh, not professional at all. You cannot get angry and uh, really display it. Uh, You have to be able to show them that you are under control and then maybe that'll rub off on them and, and they'll stay under control. If, if, you, if you're one of those that's going to get upset over every little thing. Uh, he wore his shoes in the bunk after I told him not to put his shoes in my bunk. Uh, I've heard of uh, people that want to drop a student off for breaking those. I've been told you don't call them little infractions. If they break one, they break one, and it's mm-hmm. not little. But
0: uh, and when somebody does break an a, a rule, you talk to them, right? You don't just let yeah. it slide. You gotta, you gotta, oh, yeah. you gotta uphold yeah. your rules yeah. and enforce them. Yes. So what? How, how do you do that?
2: Uh, well, it typically starts from uh, day one when you're letting them know. Um, personally, things like that I don't like. Uh, I have a carpet back there, and I call it my bedroom.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, before you go to the bedroom. Upstairs to your bunk you take your shoes off you don't get dirt in my carpet I don't get to vacuum every day uh, then uh, if they do go back there with their dirty shoes on and get dirt all in my carpet I do have a dust buster and you get to clean it up I'll, I'm not going to scream at them or, or degrade them or anything like that but it, it will be enforced that you, hey you just did that What did I say? Don't do that again. Please don't do that again. Let them clean it up. And uh, they grow from that.
0: Uh, And if you get somebody that continuously is just doing whatever they want and they're not respecting your rules.
2: I tend to start with the trainees, training fleet manager and uh, let it go from there. Uh, He or she will know what to do. a lot of times they will talk to that trainee and uh, let them know, look, this is what I've heard, and this can't be happening. You need to to correct this.
0: Well, guys, I know you guys want to go get some food, and I got a 4.30 appointment to pick up some food. <laughs> so let's get this wrapped up. All right. Thanks for being here.
2: Well, thanks for having us.
0: Yeah. Yep. Go home safe.
2: Yeah. Go home safe. That's, the, <laughs> that's the, the, the bottom line right there.
0: Go home safe. See your family. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time.